today on a classic Compassion Radio. I believe we should take communion regularly at our dinner table. And I believe there's healing power in it. And it's not just a physical healing. So spend some time with your family. Cut the digital world off and seek a spiritual realm. Maybe this is a time for the family to come together as it never has before. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Daily Journal of God's Work in and through God's people all around the world. This program is all about frontline faith. And if there's any doubt about it in your mind, after two years of COVID pandemic and a new war which threatens world peace, let me remind you, you're now on the front lines of faith, whether you want it or not. Truth is, we have always been there, but we haven't always felt like it. What does frontline faith do? Well, first of all, it prays. I mean, really prays. And that means it also listens. My good friend and mentor, Dan Jeroy of Mount Horeb House Ministries, is back for a second day to look intently at this question. What kind of prayer is required in a time like this? I assure you, God isn't wasting this crisis to accomplish His work in the world. Neither should we. So let's shake off the shock for a moment and gather around the Lord as He teaches us how to pray. Together, we might just see our world changed. And for the better. As I mentioned on yesterday's program, today's guest and my dear friend Dan Giroy passed away on Mother's Day this year from a long battle with kidney disease. And that means Dan and his wife, Anne, are very much on our hearts. What he had to say in this interview is still incredibly timely, and we need to pay attention to it. And of course, I want to honor my great friend and mentor. I think it'll be inspiring about what you hear today. Now, I can't make a great theological case for this, but I believe Bethany Mm. was his most favorite place. This is where he went to get away. The family kept an apartment above the garage or something for him. I don't know. I mean, but he would tell the disciples, yep, we're going to Bethany. Get your sandals on. We're going to go a couple hour walk over here to Bethany. And when he was in Bethany, it seemed like he was just at such peace. Mm. And my question to you and your listeners is, where's your Bethany? Mm-hmm. Does everybody have a Bethany? No. Should they? Yes. I believe we need a Bethany. Okay. And it's at that place where we can still our minds mm-hmm. and still our hearts, our emotions, and listen for the divine whisper. Not listen to the dark whisper. We listen to that every day. Yeah. But listen for the divine whisper. And I believe when we're in that posture, then we can really communicate with our God, maybe as we never have before. There was an old Assembly of God pastor one time I heard say, prayer should be 95% listening and 5% speaking. Most of us don't approach prayer like that. We approach prayer like you know God's an ATM machine in the sky, mm-hmm. and we want to make a withdrawal. I don't think that's really what prayer is all about. Uh, we like to ask God a lot of why questions. Mm-hmm. Job did the same thing in the book of Job. He asked God 17 times, why? 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 And God never answered him because Job was asking the wrong questions, evidently. <laughs> or would never shut up. I, he would, maybe he was always asking why. I asked why, but you know, when my son had cancer at 15 and they say, you're going to have to cut your son's lung out, mm-hmm. the surgeon, I asked why. Well, I didn't get an answer. Mm-hmm. But the question was, how are you going to choose to live your life in spite of what's happening? Mm-hmm. You see, that would be more of the correct question that God would address. I worry, though, about that turn of phrase, in spite of. In our language, we use that as a placeholder. Even in the face of difficulties, do this anyway. But the word spite's in there. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that. 
that we literally make that choice, the right choice to do something different, but we still reserve this right to resentment. I resent that I was forced to have to make this decision. And we don't even release that choice to God to say, I'm obedient, but I'm not really joyful about it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get stuck there. Well, we get stuck there because often, not always, but often we're in a double bind. Hmm. We're kind of damned if you, damned if you don't. We're in this, we're the rubber bands, so it's pull you in both directions. Yeah. And we don't know which decision to make because both of them are very difficult emotional decisions and we're caught in this flux. And that's not an easy place to be, but it's a place that the Lord can bring us to the other side of. But we want to be in control. We have a difficult time prying our fingers off of control Mm -hmm. and allowing ourselves to trust the Lord in that decision that we need or ought to make. Yeah. Even if we know the decision to be made is the right one, we still are not necessarily in agreement with having to make that choice. Yeah. Or or follow that word or obey that command. Well, that's like the beginning of of the ministry of Mount Horeb. I can remember in Belize, I'm sitting there ministering to a couple later that I married. We're just having this wonderful time with the Lord, and the Lord's bringing all this wonderful truth and healing and exposing lie-based thinking. It's about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm sitting there, and I'm going, well, thank you, Lord. This was a beautiful time to spend with this couple and, and feel your presence here. And then my spirit man, my sense, whether if it's audible or just in my head, is that the Lord said, I want you to do this. And I kind of looked around the courtyard, and I'm going, do what? And this word, this ministry, this prayer ministry came to my mind. Mm. And I'm going, okay, um, I'm processing a little bit of this slowly. And I said, are you asking me to do this like full time? Yes. Well, the first question out of my mouth was, well, who's going to pay the bills? <laughs> you know? <laughs> And that was really the birthing of this ministry uh, back in 2002. Do we trust him? You see, at that point, I didn't trust the Lord because for every month for the last 32 years, I got a paycheck. And all of a sudden, if I retire early, I don't have a paycheck anymore. And it was kind of unnerving that uh, I would have to pry my fingers off of control and allow the Lord to provide for me. And then, you know, Psalms 23 came to mind. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That became my prayer. We don't pray the scriptures anymore, but that became my prayer. And all of a sudden, I find myself not in a double bind, but in a decision that I would have to make, whether I wanted to continue on my mission field of public education, or if I wanted to do what the God of the universe was showing me to do. And I made that choice. And so today, after 20 years, I'm still doing the same thing, whatever God wants me to do. You and I both work in ministries where it is completely dependent upon the favor of the people and God's work in hearts and lives to make the ministry possible. Mm-hmm. And we serve him that way by trusting that he will, in fact, work out the details. I've had that discussion a couple of times with people who are close to our ministry, that because we're a communications ministry, if we don't communicate well and people don't respond to it, they stop giving, right? Yes. And we have no opportunities then to do the further part of our ministry, which is to interact with and support and encourage ministries around the world and introduce our listeners, our partners, to people who are on the front lines of faith. The truth is we're all on the front lines, wherever we are, but... It was brought to my attention that, you know, the coronavirus is an existential threat to your ministry. I thought, I feel that, 
because it seems like it. I mean, if the economy goes south and people don't want to spend money on things, and of course, discretional giving is the first thing that evaporates, right? And I thought more about lie-based thinking. I don't want to lie to myself about God's goodness or his intention for me. He said to me two years ago or more, don't give up on what Compassion Radio is, that I have a plan for it. I want you to step into this thing and take risks. Don't try to play it safe. <laughs> and Sandy and I did. We laid our lives in a line and said, okay, it's time to step up and go into this. Of course, we had no clue what might befall the world. We just knew that it was the right thing to do because to stay outside that would have been crushing to us in being disobedient to the Lord. So we're at his mercy right now, as are you. I want to say that by way of acknowledging this is not about us. By way of acknowledging this is not about us. Partners that give each month to support this ministry and the projects that we do around the world, I want to be about them. But even more than that, I want to be about what God's about for them. I don't want to be afraid or lead falsely and preach a word that I'm not following myself. I don't want to act out of fear, but I also want to be presumptuous that I know what God's saying about how to act and just put on a bluff to just fake it till we make it. I want to know what God has for us as the Floria family, as Compassion Radio, as part of the kingdom around the world. I want to know this, and I don't want to waste a crisis. I don't want our, our listeners to waste a crisis either. Hmm. So let me get down to the brass stacks, Dan. How do we respond in the crisis, even if we have no experience before in stepping into spiritual warfare and into the joy of the Lord when things are difficult? My analogy would be like trying to play a violin. I cannot play a violin. <laughs> but I, I watch people <laughs> who play violins yeah. on this wonderful stringed instrument. Now, I could learn to play the notes. I could learn the mechanics of that. Yeah. And it could be the same score of music that maybe James Kelly, the great Celtic fiddler, is playing. They would be the same notes. Yeah. But it wouldn't be the same music. It wouldn't be the same song. Hmm. Because I'm not an accomplished violinist. Yeah. He teaches concert pianists how to play the Celtic fiddle. Mm. Prayer is a lot like music. And of course, you know that quite well. I think you've named all of your children after some musical <laughs> name. We want the peace that we find in a piece of music. In the Hebrew culture, they would maybe call that shalom mm. or peace. A better translation into English is not peace. It's harmony. Mm. We want harmony. And where there's harmony, there's no discord. But there is more than one. It's not just a note. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Can there be shalom without God and you in the equation? Uh, not perfect peace. Mm. I think the scriptures are clear on that. There's perfect peace which comes from Christ. We can have peace, but it's not lasting unless it's from Christ. Mm. I could spend more time on the violin and the analogy there, but you know, prayer, again, is to change. You think of John Hyde. His nickname was Praying Hyde. He prayed all the time. We need to practice maybe what some of the great men of the faith did. They prayed. Yeah. I think of the passage uh, talking about Jesus in Mark 1. It says, And in the morning, a great while before day, he rose and went out to a lonely place or quiet place, mm. and there he prayed. Hmm. Well, that's what I was doing at 4 o'clock this morning. Yeah. Couldn't sleep. But I was praying. You know, Martin Luther said, I have so much business, I cannot get on without spending three hours a day in prayer. I believe it was Wesley who said, God does nothing but an answer to prayer. Hmm. Read David Brainerd's journals. 
and about his prayer life. George Fox, the great prayer, above all, he excelled in prayer. Our guiding lights are people who prayed. Yeah, I think we need to go back to the men and women of the faith, Teresa of Avila, Mike Molinas, St. John of the Cross, Hudson Taylor, Hmm. praying hide, oh my word, and examine their lives Because these are the stalwarts of the faith. We talk about, we write about, we emulate, but their life was spent in prayer. Yeah. And again, it seems beautiful and theoretical. The only stalwarts we have today are those who pray. We together can be stalwarts. Yes. And we together can be a stalwart of prayer and effectiveness in this world. But we often don't know what to pray for. You've said, ask God directly. What do you want me to know? And to know something is to express it and to communicate it. And so it basically is an invitation to prayer, correct? Mm -hmm. So if God reveals something to us, why not offer it right back to him? How many times in history has the church found itself in crisis? Sometimes we bring it on ourselves. But other times, God seems to allow us to be exposed to great dangers. Friends, we have a real opportunity to trust God and to make Jesus known. And that is my prayer for you today. You know, for over 78 years now, Compassion Radio partners like you have absolutely been up to the challenge. Will you help us get ready for the next big faith challenges and opportunities? Your gift today will provide the means for us to begin some new initiatives with our partners that reach farther than we've ever gone before. It begins with you and your brave investment in kingdom communication and kingdom action. We're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine. I saw refugee and servant alike shiver in a vicious blizzard that struck the first week of March. They were very much alike in one important way. They were absolutely determined to survive this ordeal and to redeem what their lives have become. We need to follow their example. Will you help us today? We have blankets and food to buy, tanks to fill with gas, and medicine to help them survive the days ahead. This need is not going away anytime soon. Please, Give generously, even sacrificially, right away. I know that God will be pleased if we do. So call us today at 1-800-868-2478. Mail us at P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Text the word COMPASSION to 53445 or give online at CompassionRadio.com. We so much value your messages and letters. And know this, your gift is deeply appreciated. Bless you, friends, for your brave and activist faith. Thank you for loving us in this way. We've been in this study of revelation of the church for the past number of months, and it seems like every time a revelation comes to John in the book, he turns right back around and offers it back up in worship, mostly by collapsing on his face to worship because he has no other way to express the emotions that are coming from this revelation in his heart. But he does it, and it seems to me every physical action he mentions in the revelation that he's involved with is those physical postures of worship. Yeah. It boils down to this. Talk to God about everything. Hmm. Well, yeah, about everything, whether it's the finances for Compassion Radio or the finances for Mount Horeb House. You know, Lord, provide what we need 
to be able to continue your kingdom work. Yeah. I want to go out and put my hands on and control that. But over the last 20 years, the Lord has told me, Dan, I got this. Do you trust me? Mm. Do you ruthlessly trust me with your finances? And for the last 20 years, all of our bills have been paid and the bills of this ministry have been paid. Now, is there great sums of money still there somewhere that I can tap into? No. It's a month-by-month deal. And in the time of crisis, the pandemic we're in, people will choose not to give. The Lord will raise up other people who will. He's in control. He's in control, as R.C. Sproul used to say, there ain't no maverick molecules. (laughs) God knows where all the molecules are. No maverick molecules. Well, you got to wrap your head around that a little bit. Do we really believe in the sovereignty of God? Is God in control? Does he sit on his throne? Is he active in humanity today? Yeah. He knows where all the molecules are in this room. You see, we don't want God to be sovereign because if he's sovereign, then I have to turn loose of control. Yeah. And any control we ever experience in life in that perspective would always be a stewardship. Mm-hmm. We would never have the right to dispense with it or make final decisions. It would be for a time. I know I've only got a certain amount of time in this life, as do you. And we've been made more aware of those things because of some medical issues you and I have both had at different times in our lives, but also has given us a real joy of saying, wow, how awesome it is to be alive. Oh, yeah. As hard as it can be at times, pain itself is one of those great communicators of reality. Mm-hmm. I do think about the, the quiet whisper you talk about, the Holy Spirit speaking to us. We assume, and we've read it before, Elijah in his experience of God not being in the whirlwind or in the earthquake or in the fire, but he was in the quiet, still small voice. And yet, we expect God to hammer it home. C.S. Lewis would say, if you want a loud voice from God, I'm paraphrasing here, pain is God's anvil and a hammer and a megaphone. It is the way God speaks to us when we're not willing or able to listen to the still small voice. Do we really have to be hammered right now in order to hear God's voice? Or is there a better way for us today? Yeah, it goes back to the simple and the ordinary. It goes back into the just moment by moment seeking the face of the Lord. When we're doing that, then we hear the Lord in the small and the ordinary things, the simple things. So when the big things do come along, mm-hmm. we're in tune. Yeah, It goes back to the violin. Mm. If we're not in tune, then there's discord. Yeah, And so we have to be in tune to the Lord. I know that sounds maybe a little mystical, but I can't explain all that. But I know when I seek the Lord and the simple, small, ordinary things, when the big things do come along, like we have to cut your son's lung out because he has cancer, I can trust him because I've learned to trust him in the small things. Mm. And do I trust him in the midst of the pandemic? Well, who else am I going to trust? I don't trust the media necessarily. We have to trust him. I think that's the bottom line in life. Do I really trust my Lord? And are we willing to put that on the altar and say, God, test it and see if it's really true? I say I do, but I want you to search me and know me. My actions, which come out of that trust, say that I do or don't. Yeah. And again, we're not trying to say that everything comes from us and that somehow we prove to God that we're worthy of his blessing Mm -hmm. by being that obedient. Mm -hmm. We are talking about being in him and him in us. Your ministry, Dan, is about the power of prayer in action, and you do it all the time. We've been at this conversation for almost an hour now. So over the course of the programs that will be broadcasting this, we've been kind of hinting at getting to the place of where prayer actually happens and transforms. I'm simply going to ask you right now, if you would, to do that prayer. I don't know who in the United States of America is going to hear this program on the day it broadcasts, but people are listening to my words right now as they hear it on the radio or on the internet. They're going to hear your words 
And this is a divine appointment opportunity here. God has put people in front of these speakers to hear these voices. I believe that God wants them to hear his voice through your lips. So I'm going to ask you to be brave right now and pray over those people you haven't met, but are seeking the Lord and hearing your words and saying, yes, I want to know God like that. Would you pray for us? Sure. Papa, Father God, we come before your throne of great grace, your throne of his seed of loving kindness, which is better than life. And help us to pry our fingers off of control, whatever it is, and relinquish that control into your nail-pierced hands and into your loving heart. Help us to just sort of climb up into your lap and play your violin for us so that there truly might be harmony in our lives and not discord. And do help us to ruthlessly trust you (laughs) for the loaf of bread that's not in the store, Mm. for the things of life that are important to you. I pray a hedge of protection around those who hear this, that your powerful angels with swords drawn protect those who listen. Mm. I pray the prayer of Psalm 91 around us this day. And may that be our prayer for the next day, week, month, year. Just love on us, Lord, and help us to love on those who are not lovable. I pray a special blessing over Bram and Sandy and Compassion Radio, that you touch the hearts of those who hear to move forward with courage and strength in God's kingdom work. So thank you for this time. Thank you for time. Mm. Thank you for a pulse. Thank you for a heartbeat. Thank you for the simple and the ordinary. And I pray this in the sweet name of Jesus, my captain. My soon coming king. Amen. Amen. Amen, my friend. On the back of your business card, Dan, it says, Transformation occurs when we are persuaded of God's truth in our hearts. Coming face to face with His truth brings healing, peace, and an honest relationship. And you as a ministry offer real hope to those who reach out. Mm-hmm. This is the calling of the body of Christ, my friend. Yes. You're just trying to be a kind of a captain to lead a team to revive really what many churches need right now. And I thought about how different it is in our society in this pandemic that for the first time in our imagined memory, we're facing an existential threat to our meetings. Our whole corporate worship Mm -hmm. is getting put on hold for millions of Christians. And yet we're still called to be together. The prayer you're talking about right now can transform us in the middle of this and can unify us wherever we are. And if we're going to be forbidden by the governments from meeting together for a while, it does not mean that we are forbidden from approaching the throne of grace, especially on the behalf of those who are of the family. I don't think we can escape our responsibility here by saying, oh, I've got the weekend off. (laughs) This is a call to arms, spiritually speaking. I'd encourage all of our listeners out there that if you can't go to your church this Sunday— Go to the throne. Spend time in your family together. Pray for your pastors. Pray for the people that God brings to your hearts and minds and make it a point on your knees in your own living room to do something special in the weeks to come that will be unique in your experience of Christianity. It will be a new thing for a lot of people to do this kind of intentional intercession. Any other closing words or encouragements you could offer us about how we should be facing the days to come? I think with joy and excitement, Mm. this is an opportunity for us, the body of Christ, to share the good news of Jesus Christ to a dying, watching, hurting, fearful world. So step up and courage. We look in the first chapter of Joshua. Be strong Mm -hmm. and courageous. courageous. I think that's the message for us today in the body of Christ. 
And if you're going to have service in your home this week, take communion. Hmm. For truly it is a meal that heals, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually as well. Many people who are hearing that would never have considered that they have the authority to actually serve their own communion in their home. That is something that is only for the professionals to offer in a service. Mm -hmm. What's your word on that? Uh, I believe we should take communion regularly in our homes, at our dinner table. I, as the priest of our home, should be doing this in remembrance of Jesus. And I believe there's healing power in it. Perry Stone wrote a book called The Meal That Heals. I think there's some truth to that. And it's not just a physical healing that he was talking about. So spend some time with your family. Cut the digital world off and seek a spiritual realm. It's something that we have missed. And maybe this is a time for the family to come together as it never has before. I pray for that too. I think in our ministry, we do one thing well. And that one thing is that we help people to get into a posture to hear from Jesus. Hmm. So that the beehive in the head slows down and we can escape the muchness, manyness, busyness of the world. And as Mary did at the feet of Jesus, sat there with her eyes open, her mouth open probably, and went, wow, and just listened to the Master and the touch that the Master had. What does Jesus say to Martha in that passage? Mary's chosen the better thing. It wasn't what Martha was doing was wrong, but Mary's chosen a better thing. And I believe that better thing that Jesus is talking about is listening to him, being in a posture to listen. She chose the better thing in the right now. Yeah. That wasn't always yeah. going to be what was necessary, but that moment called for that. Dan Jeroy of Mount Horeb House here in Texas, and a great prayer warrior and prayer mentor. Thank you so much for spending these days with us on Compassion Radio. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. I could not express to you how much I've appreciated the mentorship and love of my dear friend, Dan Jeroy. Home safe last spring after a long battle with kidney disease. I pray you have a mentor as gracious as I did, or that God will bring you one soon. Remember that this broadcast and our current relief project for the church in Ukraine completely depends upon your generosity. Our toll-free number is 1-800-868-2478. You can also send your gifts by mail to Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. God bless you, friends. Join us for the next Compassion Radio or online at CompassionRadio.com.